welcome to the April uh, episode of Your Property Podcast. Uh, today, you've only got me in Haradoin. Ant is currently uh, being very jammy and he's off skiing. So um, you're all stuck with me today. Uh, I am joined here today with Tara Coley. Um, so Tara, if you can hear me. Yes, I can. Hi, lovely to be here. Thank Hello. you. Hello. <laughs> And we're just going to be doing some chatting about some generic uh, property and juggling with life, sort of getting the work-life balance right. Um, So, yes, Tara, if you could tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do, your background, start from the beginning. Sure, okay. So, um, yeah, so I'm, hello everybody, I'm Tara, and um, Yeah, I've been investing in property seriously since sort of 2010, 11-ish. And yeah, I kind of, my big why, I guess, was to um, be at home and spend more time with my son um, because I was pregnant at the time when I kind of started my journey. And he was my big why. He was my reason for, you know, trying to replace my income um, and get out of my very, very busy job which um I was a financial advisor in the city for 10 years and um yeah I just remember thinking I'm just never going to see him if I don't come up with a solution to replace my income so property was was the big um you know ticket out of um the rat race so to speak Mm -hmm. and um for sort of 18 months so while I was pregnant and during my maternity leave I just went for it and I was buying Um, a property a month um, using joint venture money in London and um, we were doing multi-lets, buy refurb refinance strategy um, and yeah it was it went really well I nearly killed myself because it was crazy it was a really crazy time. (laughs) I was about to say so I cried a lot. (laughs) Being a new mum and doing a new uh, business a new thing um so talk to me about that how did you get through that did you have a plan well the plan was to create ten thousand pounds passive income in 18 months and i remember um i i use um darren hardy's um book which is called your best year ever um as a template to sort of create a plan of action to achieve this big sort of goal and um yeah I broke it down into mini chunks and yeah it it looked realistic and achievable on paper but the actual reality was it was crazy it was absolutely crazy and um I did it I handed in my notice it was probably one of the best it was one of the best days of my life um but I had created a monster of a property portfolio and I had a lot of partnerships and I didn't have systems I had never owned a business before so yeah it was it was definitely worth it but it was a it was a challenging time because it was very ambitious mm, I'm sure I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't change it but it was great <laughs> so um what was life like before property let's start right at right at the beginning what was um so you're a financial advisor in the city yeah. um sort of how many hours were you working you know um were you married at the time Sure. So, yeah, so I I kind of, um, you know, I was meant to go to university. I didn't. I decided to get a job and the job was in a bank as a cashier. And and the plan was to go back to go to university. So we're going back to sort of when I was, you know, 
and um, I decided to stay on at the bank and just try to progress that way. And so I did, and I kind of climbed the ladder to, I did all my financial advising qualifications, and I was doing really well. I was one of the, one, the youngest financial advisors um, to kind of be working for that particular bank, and I had a beautiful office overlooking Oxford Street, and you know, it was very targets driven. It was very, um, you know, we, we, we really, the expectation was really high. And um, I was working very silly hours. I was getting there early. I was working there to seven, eight o'clock and um, also got married at sort of 25. So, you know, I was sort of seven years in working crazy hours. And I, you know, we wanted to start a family, but I knew that bringing a little person into the world that I never saw was not part of what I'd wanted for, mm-hmm. for my, you know, my, my kids or for myself. So I really needed a game plan. And um, yeah, property was yeah the only way that I could see I could replace my income. So yeah. So did you um, sort of make the conscious decision to leave your life here in the city um, to do property and then do a family? Did you sort of that you you fall pregnant and then you thought uh oh I better <laughs> okay so, so 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 what happened was we got married and my husband after a couple of years my husband was like you know we should we should we should it would be lovely to have a child and I remember thinking this is going to take a good two three years people don't just get pregnant straight away and by that time you know I was thinking about getting into property and hopefully I'll have a few properties under my belt and I'll be on my way and yeah life just has a way of sometimes throwing you unexpected and I pretty much got pregnant straight away and um, it was sort of like wow okay that happened really quickly and now everything needs to happen a lot sooner mm. so um, yeah you know we had debt from our wedding we had you know we we, we were we just kind of um, trying to buy our first place and so finances are really tight um, and yeah it was it was it was it was um, ambitious to try and um, you know achieve uh, financial freedom in eighteen months and you know get ten thousand pounds passive income, but it, it thankfully I got educated. Um, I studied and did a lot of programs through Progressive Property, and um, I got a lot of support through them. They were amazing. They kind of helped me put all the pieces together that didn't quite make sense to me. But I didn't understand how you could buy refurb and refinance your money back out I didn't I heard people had done it but I didn't understand how to do it and um, all of those things those those unanswered questions kind of came came together and I I felt really confident that if I just found investors I would be able to do themselves you know um, I'd be able to build a property portfolio for them and for me and um, yeah hopefully pull off pull off the goal. Mm -hmm. So um, how did you decide on that property was going to be the way forward as opposed to I don't know all the other different things that you can do out there oh sure (laughs) so as a financial advisor I would advise on pensions and I'd advise on investment stocks and shares to investment bonds to unit trusts to offshore stuff you know I was I would get to see people's portfolios and I would get to recommend investment products for them and I would be able to meet them sort of three to five years later and see how they performed. 
And most of the time, it really wasn't that great, <laughs> you know, the returns that they were getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only when I went on a random property course, or it was kind of like a discovery day with a completely, I can't even remember the name of the company. It was, they must have invited me through a random email or something. That, that opened my eyes to, wow, one property could bring me £500 passive income. And how many of those would I need to replace in my complete salary? I remember thinking, this is yeah this information could change my life if I just learn how to do it and implement Mm. it so yeah hands down having had experience in looking at pensions investments stocks and shares ISAs bonds nothing compared to unless unless you want to be high you know high risk there Mm. isn't much that can you know give the same level of passive income unless you've got huge capital to invest and also from the leverage point of view what you can do with property you know on on the financing and through mortgages is is massive so it just made so much sense to me once I understood it like it you know I'm sure it does for Mm. most people okay so you said that you did um some uh, training through progressive and everything did you yeah. start investing before that or did you take the education you know did you do it sort of very logically and do the education and then apply what you've learned yeah so um so while I was at the bank I I because I was uh, mortgage advising as well I managed to get two properties using savings and um you know like normal means um and then I ran out of money I couldn't understand how you could have a, a large portfolio um mm-hmm. And I just couldn't understand how people could, you know, keep on buying properties um, using one deposit and things like that. So um, I had, I did buy two properties. Looking back, they were not very good properties in terms of yield, um, capital growth. They've done well, but yield wise, it wouldn't be what I would go for now at all. Um, so I had those two properties. And then after going on the progressive um, program, I did the masterclass through them. Um, And then a few months after that, um, I went on their VIP program. I lasted about three or four months because I was pregnant. Um, I couldn't keep, I couldn't do the trip up to Peterborough. I was knackered um, and I was building the portfolio and everything else. So um, it was quite difficult to to do the full year. Um, But yeah, it was after that, that everything kind of made sense to me, um, what I needed to do. And it just kind of helped me hone in on the right strategy for me because it was so much information that I learned and there were so many different strategies and there's so many different paths that you can go down depending upon what your goals are. And for me, it took me quite a long time to sort of figure out what would work for me and in my area that I could do locally. And Mm -hmm. once I got all of those pieces together with the right support, you know, it was just about getting the first one. And if I could get the first one, then I could rinse and repeat. And that's all I did. I was like, okay, this one works. Let's go. Let's do another. Let's do another. Let's do another. Um, But obviously with every property comes management and tenants and paperwork and responsibility. And I hadn't quite factored, (laughs) haven't quite factored in, you know, how I'm going to manage all these HMOs and multi-lets and different types of properties and tenants. Um, mm. And that, that's where, that's where I, the stress came from, the management side of things. Um, and I tried to find a decent management agent locally, but every single one I tried, just the voids went up, um, the communication went down. I just found it really difficult to find a good multi-let slash HMO agent. So I had to bring it in-house in my, you know, that was my only solution. And yeah, it was, it was, crazy <laughs> mm. so you uh did uh do multi-let 
and HMAs, yeah? What yeah. Did you have a certain criteria on sort of what strategy you were going to go for? How did you find the strategy? Or was it a trial and error process? Or talk sure. us through, through that, you know, how you found out that HMAs work for you. Yeah, so it was basically buying um, properties that weren't too expensive, which sounds crazy because everywhere in London is expensive. But, <laughs> you know, at the time we were picking up properties for around three bedroom um, properties for sort of 150 to 200,000. These were ex-local, um, nice large type properties, you know, where all the room sizes were quite big, etc. cetera. Um, so we were picking up, picking up many houses like that. And then um, we, yeah, we, we, we increased the value. So that could be adding on suite, changing the layout internally. Um, and then from that, we would multi-let at the end um, and pull our money out um, six months later. So we weren't able to get all of the money out. Um, we'd get about 60 to 75%, um, but that was still pretty, pretty awesome um, to do that in London. And yeah, once we figured out what the model was, it was just like, yeah, these yields sort of, we were getting sort of 10 to 12% were really good. So we were like, this, this works for London. We're able to buy build a portfolio and also you know the properties have pretty much doubled in value since um so yeah it was it was a good shopping spree it was it was stressful but it was worth it and then after that point we had so many people coming up sort of asking me can you do it for me I'd really like the same can you you know uh, help me build, build a hands-free property portfolio and so crazy me, just let's just add it to the workload. <laughs> I said, okay, let's do that too. Um, so yeah, we also had, um, we also did some portfolio building as well. Not massively, but we did have quite, you know, a handful of clients that have done very well from the properties that, that we sourced and we mm -hmm. managed for them. Yeah. So you started off with uh, just a HMO portfolio and then you sort of went on to um, was this um, before or after you were on maternity leave? So I was going to say, well, you know, pregnant, yeah. having a full-time job, getting one house a month, yeah, doing them all up, and then starting to source. That sounds like a pretty, you know, quite a full plate. Yeah. So I think, yeah, so this was, so my own portfolio I was building while I was pregnant, and I knew that this was going to be a massive opportunity while the baby wasn't born to utilize the time so it was kind of like a sacrifice you know when I look at um you know other people going on maternity leave but yeah I didn't have that I, I sacrificed that for financial freedom which was worth it um and then once my son was born I already had a lot of properties and tenants and um yeah the the train kept on going so it was just a case of trying to figure out how to to manage things with him without sacrificing a very precious time in our lives where, you know, I was a mum for the first time. Um, and so I had to up my game with systems, strategies, planning, finding time, balancing, um, looking at building my team, learning, you know, taking time to develop myself and understand how to structure the business correctly, getting the right support. And so I went for a massive kind of three to six months of just really, you know, building, but also spending a heck of a lot of time on systems and getting processes and the right people around me, which was a game changer and allowed me to do that property um, sourcing business and other things as well um, that we did as well. So rent to rents and other things we went on to do. 
Um, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that because you sort mm -hmm. of touched on it. If this is kind of a big deal for you, getting like, oh, hello, oh, you're back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sort of a big deal for you. So, um, you know, getting it sort sorting your life out. I guess is probably the best way of putting it. Um, what was the first thing that you thought? Okay this needs to go to somebody else yeah so it was the paperwork side of things so it was literally like I was every single property comes with so much paperwork in terms of just when you buy it um and so I had all these folders with loads of paperwork in it and then with each property that we set up as a HMO multi-let we've got all the utility bills you know that needed to go somewhere you know gas electric water tv license broadband and you know where do we keep all of that data and um and then there was you know lots of correspondence coming in from jv partners and um yeah it, there was a lot of paperwork so the first thing was to get some um uh pa support and also childcare support um so that i could what i what i really hated was trying to juggle being a mum and being a property investor at the same time mm. i needed to create a boundary of switch off time of being a property investor and switch on time of being a mum and having a very clear line so that i was present and focused and able to be a mum and that was really really important to me so um yeah so mm. getting those two people in um a mother's help and also a um a pa was was very was a game changer mm -hmm. um so at what point was it where you sort of thought okay i need help i'm not um i'm not coping as things are right now so how bad for want of a better word did things get <laughs> yeah so i think it was a point where i had very little bookkeeping um systems in place and I was crying every month. And the one, the one thing that I did right was I got all my tenants to pay on the first of the month, which was miraculously, mm -hmm. even though I didn't know what I was doing, because that just saved so much stress looking back now. Um, so kind of by the first of the month, it was just, you know, we had a lot of tenants all of a sudden and, you know, rent chasing and, you know, finding out who paid and not just that, but also, you know, calculating the property's performance, you know, there's not just the rent collection, there's also utility bills and then the maintenance and then the invoices. And yeah, I was literally in tears every month with all of that. And I was just like, I, I feel like I'm losing control. I was just kind of keeping it together with what was going on in each property. Because I think it's so important that you pay attention to the detail of each property you buy and really have an idea of what's going on with cash flow and um your tenants and mm. you know maintenance and stuff like that so um yeah it was it was too much to try and do it all and we were buying more and we had jv partners and we had sourcing clients and it was just like why am i doing this <laughs> um so yeah it was kind of thing. i think it was a moment my husband looked at me and was like you just need to find the right person because i had tried to find people and because they didn't do it very like take over the task very well um i, I kind of felt like well i'll do it then you know i, I would mm. just I'll, I'll get on with it because I can do it better than them. Um, and I think sometimes when you are trying to systemize your business, it is easy to do that when you try to let go of something. And because that person you've let it go to isn't right straight away, or maybe they're not doing it as good as you, it's easy to just be like, okay, no, forget you, I'll do it. Um, and so, yeah, I had to, I had to learn to let go. <laughs> mm. and so how like, long, 
yeah. how long did it take you to find the right person for um both the mother's help and the pa i mean was it a time-consuming process trying to uh find them um so yeah so the mother's help thankfully i i, I hit gold she's my best mother's help you know today um and because i'm no longer in london i miss her so much but she was absolutely amazing um so that one that was really very lucky that i just I, I interviewed her and i just had a sense of this is the lady i know she'll be amazing with my son um so i got her involved and she was only eight pounds an hour which is really really good for the experience that she had um, and then I had the the PA person. I wanted to have someone who had a lot of experience, but I couldn't afford it. Um, so I had to just try and find somebody who would be good enough. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, the the person that I got in, she she needed training, and that was I had to create some space to show her how I wanted things done. And once we got over that period of sort of two to three months of no, not quite like that. Can you do it this way? we got there and she became really, really valuable to me as well. Mm -hmm. So just having those two people to help you out. So that it gave you some time to focus on the business and also some time to focus on uh, being a mum and spending yeah. time with your son. Um, how did it, did it have any improvements on the business itself? Just sort of having that extra time to be focused and not being stressed out. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, I, I think, anyone that's listened to this that's a mum you know it's very difficult to find the balance and to sometimes even create space to think and so for me I, I literally sat down and was like you know what do I need and the things that became important to me was I wanted to have quality time with my son every day go to the park go to mother's groups go to you know the swings or go to messy play like I didn't want to feel like I missed that so that was really important to me. And I thought, okay, if I can get an, like um, two to four hours a day, of, like an afternoon, I'll be happy with that. I know that I could spend some amazing time with my son during that period. And then I thought I need sort of four to six hours of focus work time. Um, and so just realizing that actually, yeah, I can have it all if I just get the right help in at the right time. Um, and so, yeah, I had my mother's help come in from sort of 8 a.m. Um, until midday. Um, and then we'd swap over and then I would literally take my son out in the afternoon and um, have that special time with him. Um, and then what happened was I realized that I still felt as though I didn't have enough working time. And so um, that's where the PA came in and she worked from 12 till 5. So we'd have a full day, somebody manning the fort with JV partners and emails and paperwork. Um, and yeah, it, it worked. It worked for a long time like that. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned that both, of, obviously, this had sort of a financial um, uh, impact. Uh, you had to pay for the mother's help. You had to pay for the uh, PA. Um, do you think that the, the investment of that money um, was worth it in terms of time uh that you had to sort of focus on both the things that you needed to do yeah 100 percent. i think it wasn't just the focus of time i think also you know when you feel okay in yourself like as a person where you actually have enough time to think and look after yourself first you know and just make sure that you're you know eating well and sleeping enough and stuff like that you know I was able to get more of that time back to actually just think and be 
and feel like I wasn't falling apart, which was the first step, was just to feel like I'm in control and okay and I can smile. Um, and then after that, it was like, yeah, I've now got this time back. And the time was precious. It was still crazy because it was like mother's help turn up go like I knew what I needed to do during that time um, and it was so hard to switch off as well because I'd be so like engrossed in different things so I really became really passionate about what I was doing and doing things really well and the people that I worked with I didn't want to let down you know they'd invested their money into our projects and um, yeah that time was the, the ROI was a <laughs> heck of a lot of properties and value and assets but also um, I felt like I was thriving again and able to be mum and be a business person and own a, a property portfolio and be a great investment partner at the same time. Mm -hmm. So let's sort of fast forward to now. Mm -hmm. um, you've got two more kids, is that right? Yeah. Yes. Um, you've moved to a whole different part of the country. Yes. <laughs> um, and you have your Facebook uh, group. So. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it got to a point where we, I kind of had built, we, you know, I continued building and building and um, buy refer refinance and rent to rents and, um, you know, every year I'd create some more goals I wanted to achieve. One of them was opening a women's refuge in London. I wanted to um, try and give back a bit because um, I kind of got to a point where, you know, fortunately enough, you know, I was able to kind of sit back and think, okay, how many more do I need? How many more do we want? You know, how much is enough? How much cash flow is enough? And I know, you know, some people will keep on going and going and going and going. But for me, the whole, my whole reason why was to have time to be a mum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I didn't want to build this huge, gigantic monster that just meant that I was never present. Um, and so off the back of that, I then said to my husband, you know, London is crazy. London is busy. You know, are we going to go for a slower pace of life, which is what I want. I just want to, you know, we've built this portfolio. It's given us a passive income. We've achieved that goal. Um, but there's still a lot of, you know, it's still very fast paced in London. I love London. It's where I've grown up. You know, it's all I've ever known. Um, but I kind of got to a point where I was like, yeah, I want my kids to, yeah, be kids and enjoy a quieter life you know and enjoy running and not worrying about their safety as much and you know enjoy being outside more and tree climbing and doing all those things that I didn't really get to do as a kid um, and so yeah we decided to check out and move to the new forest which is where we are now and it's completely different mm. <laughs> on every level um, but it's it's been amazing for us because we've had the quality time that we're spending together, you know, we're at a beach or in the forest or, you know, we're cycling, um, you know, we're, you know, in the garden more, we're outside. It just feels, it just suits what is important to us, which is, you know, just to enjoy family, enjoy being present, enjoy, I want my kids to have an amazing childhood. And for me, being outside of London just meant that I could hopefully, you know, give them that a bit more. That's, that was mm -hmm. my so. So is your business still based in London? Yeah, well, we've got two different arms now. So I've okay. stopped building the portfolio in London and it's, we've still got it going. We've got about 200 tenants in London. Um, that's managed remotely by my team. Um, some of them are London-based, some of them are remote, most of them are remote. And then in the New Forest, um, HMOs are multi-let, just there's no market for it at all. 
so that had to go um and then we moved into service accommodation holiday lets um um in in the new forest which there is a huge market for um mm-hmm. so we've just been building up that side of the business um and yeah it's, it's my husband's also quit his job um and yeah i kind of use moving as like a you know a, a time in my life to kind of just really um yeah slow down a bit you know because i just felt like i was going 150 miles an hour for so long and so i created my facebook group wildly simply free which is just about slowing down you know enjoying life whilst you achieve whatever it is you want to achieve um because in our in my circles anyway i've known a lot of people who have achieved amazing things but really burnt themselves out including myself and i just thought i'm never going to get there again you know i am going to continue to have success but also enjoy the journey enjoy the moments and make sure that first things are first and my ladder isn't leaning against the wrong wall Mm, that's so important as well so what so you know you've you've moved house you've you've got a great family what um steps have you taken to um sort of live this slower life um while still having this business like have you outsourced anything extra um have i outsourced anything extra yeah so um i've i have you know got to the place now where we've got we've got help in where we need it so we've got home help and stuff so we've got a housekeeper we've got um, a mother's help um, and we've I've still got my PA although she's virtual now because I'm paperless mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah we've got a lettings team and we've got most of my team are remote um, and yeah it's just about trying to ensure that we are very very kind of focused with how we spend our time and so it means that people can't always get hold of me. I don't answer my phone all the time. And my team know how I work. They appreciate that I've got a family. My JV partners appreciate that as well. And I have on time and off time, you know, and I think we're in an age now where there's so many solicitations on our time. Um, it's so easy to, you know, pick up your phone without even thinking and check Facebook, check your email, check your WhatsApp, check your messages. And I've had to untrain myself and just learn to have time when I'm not on and I'm actually mm-hmm. off and yeah so it's just kind of making sure that um yeah I've got support where I need it but also that I'm using that time well and not wasting it mm. so what is your sort of weekly schedule look like now you know sort of walk me through a, an average <laughs> an average week <laughs> okay cool so um Mondays are the busiest so I never book anything on a Monday in terms of meetings or um you know, going to see anyone or going to meet anyone for a coffee, because I just know that, you know, everybody on a Monday is kind of switched on <laughs> and they just mm-hmm. your emails are coming in and you're, you're trying to organize yourself. But I'm up early. Um, I get up very early and I'll have what I call jam sessions where literally the first 90 minutes of my day is uninterrupted focused on my most uh, my, the task that's going to give me the most return with what I'm doing at, at that moment so income generating tasks and my husband my kids know not to even come into the room I'll put time on my phone for 90 minutes and it's just dealing with a, a massive task and just chipping away at it that's how I approach it um, so I'll have like the first thing I'll do is have a jam session and just focus on that um, the other things that I do, just simple stuff, like just have some quiet time, um, a gratitude journal, something I've had for the last three years now. Um, and yeah, we'll just kind of do that. And also, um, 
write down my top three most valuable priorities. I call them MVPs. Um, and I'll write down what those are. So no matter what, those are the three things that I need to do um, that day. Um, I also read 10 pages of a book or some form of development book or something inspirational or an audible book. And then, um, yeah, get ready with the kids, take them to school. My husband and I, because my husband's quit his job now, we're kind of tag team. Some days I'll do the school runs, other days he'll do the school runs. Um, and then once I'm home, again, it's just kind of just cracking on with the day and, um, you know, focusing on whatever, you know, whatever's in the, in the diary and an important task for the day. Um, and then for me, it's about switching off, which is really important. So I've, when I've struggled with it, I've been known to switch off my phone or put my phone in a jar or um, just because, you know, I don't want my, my kids coming home sort of saying, can you play with me, mommy? And I'm kind of just checking Facebook or I'm on WhatsApp or whatever. Yeah really want to be present with them and so um yeah now when I pick them up from school we might go for a walk in the, uh, at the beach or go for a walk in the forest or you know horse riding or whatever it is we've got on that day and then yeah try to switch off in the evenings I rarely work um but I'm not afraid to so if there's something that needs to be done then it's kind of like a one-off all right I'll work this evening um weekends I don't work um, and I'm very good at delegating. So, um, one, my mentor, Rob Moore, um, he, you know, he, he, he recommends, um, manage, leverage, do. And so manage first and then leverage second and then do last. And that's something that I definitely have learned to do. Um, and so it does take me quite a long time to sort of, um, get through all of my team and sort of making sure that they've got enough to do for the day or they know what directives they they need for the day so I'm a big fan of Asana I use that with my entire team and um, yeah it keeps everything really really organized when you've got so many projects on the go mm -hmm. so would you, <laughs> would you say now that you have achieved the optimal work-life balance or are there still things that you sort of you know there are some little tweaks that could be done I mean, I don't think you've ever arrived. I don't think you're ever perfect. I think that compared to what I used to have, which was uh -huh. a lot of chaos and a lot of stress, um, when I look at my life now, you know, we, we've, yeah, it's very different. And I'm really grateful for it. We, you know, both my husband and I are at home raising the kids. Um, you know, my daughter was sick last week and, you know, we were able to get her bring her home both spend the day at home with her and kind of just like cancel most of our stuff that we had on that day and we also travel a lot as a family now so we spend sort of three three to four months a year in Asia now normally very, because it's very nice it's lovely <laughs> we it's usually Thailand but what I've realized is it's amazing to um to work in Asia if you have a business in the UK because especially if you have a family because um you know when it's evening there when the kids are down it's only 1 p.m over um in sorry it's only 1 p.m in in um Thailand mm. sorry in the Okay. so um we've yeah, i've still got a full day to work through if i need to work in the evening it means that i can really be present in the day so for the last two summers um sort of june july august we spent time um in thailand which has been amazing with the children just you know at the beach and just chilling and enjoying each oh. other yeah it's yeah i like i like i like the heat <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not a, a heat person. I would much rather be in the Arctic than be really? hot. Yeah, I hate being too hot. No. But you make your life sound like absolutely 
There are days. It's perfect. Nothing goes wrong. You know, do you still have tough times, stressful times? That's a pile up again. Yeah, I mean, I'm still doing new things. I'm still pushing myself to Mm -hmm. do more. Well, not to do more, but to challenge myself to, you know, um, continue to build and, you know, continue to encourage others. That's another thing is... Um, for a lot, I had a lot of people sort of asking, can you help me? Can you mentor me, etc." And I put it off for a long time because I was just like, um, yeah, I'm building my own business right now. <laughs> I don't have time to do mentor or to support other people. Um, but for the first time in a long time, yeah, I've taken on new people to sort of help and mentor in their journey. Um, and I don't know at all. Um, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I do think that with the right support from somebody that's walked down the path you want to go down, you can learn a lot. Um, and I know that I can attribute a lot of my success to having the right people supporting me at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's been, that's been lovely to do because, yeah, there's something very rewarding about seeing people achieve and hit goals that could change their lives. So it's having, I mean, most of the people that I mentor are mums and they, I understand exactly where they're at or they're mm-hmm. about to become mums <laughs> or they've got families. So they tend to gravitate towards me because I, you know, I've been through it and I know exactly what it's like trying to juggle it all. Um, and so that's been rewarding. But yes, in terms of, um, yeah, do I still have challenges and stuff? Yeah, sometimes things go wrong. Things go wrong all the time. Things, you know, there's all, there are urgents, but it's how the attitude towards them and how I manage them and how, and I guess it takes a lot for things to actually fall on my desk. I don't get everything fall on my desk. It's mm-hmm. really only things that, pe- that nobody else can do. And I always think, you know, if you're being paid a lot of money or if you're making a lot of money, you are supposed to be dealing with bigger problems. And so that comes with the territory. Yeah. So when you start feeling yourself, you know, getting stressed, getting, you know, having these sort of tougher times of life. Um, so what do you do to make sure that you don't go back to where you were and you're not spreading yourself too thin? So one of the things that I've, so having my Facebook group has been great because as much as I try to encourage others, it actually really keeps me in check. So like some of the stuff we talk about, what I'll do is sort of intentional Monday, tactical Tuesday, wonderful Wednesdays. And the wonderful Wednesdays is all about taking time for you taking time to slow down and just doing something that makes you feel amazing. And it could just be going out and having a hot chocolate on a rainy day or going for a walk or, you know, a tap dancing class or something I like to do, or it could just be having a bubble bath or, you know, treating yourself to some wine and cheese, cheese or whatever. But it is, I, you know, if I'm telling people to do that, I've got to live it. (laughs) I have to get my ass out every Wednesday and do something that, you know, makes me happy. And that has, it sounds so silly and cliche and maybe a bit stupid, but it really has helped me create balance because just having that pause midweek, just to kind of get out and just regroup. And Mm -hmm. I'll usually journal wherever I am just to kind of think things through. It really has made a difference uh, because I feel like uh, one thing Jim Rohn says is, you know, if you take care of me, if you take care of you for me, I'll take care of me for you. And I think that's, a concept that I really believe in that actually if you you know you get people who do everything for everyone and are always there but they're burnt out actually if you look after yourself first everyone around you including your family will be so much richer and so much happier and mm-hmm. I think 
as a mother, your mood and your how you feel affects the whole household. You know, I know a lot of mums, I'm not saying that dads don't too, but their energy and how they feel, it can affect everyone. Um, so self-care is important. And, and I, yeah, that's something which I shout from the hilltops, when, especially when I see people who have done or are achieving amazing things in property. I always think, you know, I hope they don't burn out. I hope they're taking time just to make sure they're okay because it can fall, you know, the oh. cards can fall down if, if you don't look after yourself. So yeah, so that's, that's one thing I do to de-stress is definitely having those wonderful Wednesdays. And yes, it's, I guess it's my way of staying accountable. Um, and also, you know, Rob Moore mentors me as well. So being able to kind of get on the phone to him and just sort of say, yeah, look, what should I do? Help. <laughs> it's yeah. helpful having the right people around you and obviously I've got my husband who's very supportive as well so having family and friends um, who are supportive. Okay and that sort of leads on to my next question which is for other mums who might be listening yeah. um, or anybody else who like are feeling a bit uh, spread spread thin um, and they have lots of plates spinning um, so what advice would you give to, to to help them sort of find their way again? Yeah, um, I think for other mums, I would say that, you know, you can't do it all, you know, and actually to cut, I think as women, sometimes we put ourselves on a pedal stool and feel as though, you know, if we don't achieve certain things in a day, or if we don't look a certain way, if we're not achieving as well as, as somebody else, you know, we feel like failures. And I do think that we need to take you know more time to actually celebrate the wins <laughs> that we have and I mm -hmm. think sometimes we yeah we're really hard on ourselves so I think definitely you know taking a gratitude journal has massively helped me I've also certain books that I read as well um, um, have helped um, simple abundance um, the there's a number of books which I have to I have to I have to give them to you because I can't remember all off the top of my head but just yeah making sure that you remember just how amazing you are and what you're doing is amazing and taking time to look after yourself and yeah go for it achieve your goals but just make sure that you don't lose yourself in the process and you've got the right support and network around you mm -hmm. so um just a final question um if anybody listening to this or reading the article wants to get in touch with you to sort of um reach out ask for help um want to sort of talk more about maybe being mentored so sort of what's the best way of getting in touch with you sure so you can number one if you want support and stuff i guess my facebook group is a great sort of lovely free way to sort of get regular support see what i'm up to and get encouragement from other amazing people that are in there wildly simply free um also you can contact me via my website www.tarakoli.com or ping me an email tara at tarakoli.com and yeah we can always schedule a call to have a chat if, if there's anything that i can help you with just let me know Great. Well, thank you for for speaking with me today. It's been really in, um, insightful. Actually, <laughs> opened my eyes. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again. And like uh, we always say this, but without people like you, we would never be able to make the magazine. So thank you very much for Thanks, joining thanks. me today. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks again. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Don't forget you can go to yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash stuff. You can download the article that we create from the podcast so you can see all of the case study pictures, all the uh, financials um, and a bit more information uh, in there as well. And there's loads of other useful things to download uh, on that web page as well. And don't forget to rate, comment and subscribe to our podcast.